You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome to Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Suze Gilbert. Elisa Paselli and Vicki Stokes have the week off, and I'll be continuing my one-on-one conversations and interviews with creative people that are using their iPad to create their art. And today I'm excited to interview Donnie Yankelo. Donnie has been an art teacher for over 18 years, and he's taught in various settings and grade levels. He's taught in the public and the private realm. He's taught as young as preschool students and as old as high school students. During those years, he's also been a freelance illustrator and designer, and he's worked on a variety of projects, and he's illustrated several books for various authors. I know Donnie through the MyMac.com family because he is also a tech writer, and he's written reviews for MyMac.com as well as other sites throughout the years. A little over four years ago, Donnie decided to try his hand at writing and illustrating his own children's book, and he wrote Looking for a Dinosaur. Looking for a Dinosaur reached number four on the iBookstore children's book charts, which is just so awesome. Since then, he's written numerous books for children, including two follow-ups to Looking for a Dinosaur and two on how to draw books. His latest book is a comic novel hybrid called The Dinosaur Zombie Squad, and it's the first book of a series based on those characters. Donnie has also jumped into the iMessage sticker market, and he currently has over 20 sticker packs available. And I will have all the links to his books and his stickers in the show notes. So join me in welcoming Donnie Yankelo. Hi, welcome to Three Geeky Ladies, and today I have with me Donnie Yankelo. How are you, Donnie? Good, how are you? I'm very well. Um, you have had, you've been really, really busy um, the past four years. Um, I already told um, our listeners about you in, your, in our uh, the bio uh, previous to this podcast, but so tell me, you know, why are you so fascinated with dinosaurs? I guess that's, that's the first I I question I have for you. I don't know if I'm fascinated with dinosaurs. Um, my son used to be fascinated with dinosaurs, and that was about the time that I started, decided to start writing books on my own instead of waiting for something to come to me. And um, so I started basing it on that, and I kind of, they're fun to draw, and they're easy and easy to um I guess, get resources from on the internet. And a lot of people like dinosaurs, so I figured why not go with it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so because you've been an art teacher for a long time, so um, do you carry a sketchbook? I mean, is that what you do is you just start, like, sketching uh, your dinosaurs? You j- try to get, you know, when you start off with a, a kernel of an idea, Donnie, do you just start using your sketchbook first? and then translate it went into illustration later? Um, I tend to just whatever paper I have around, really. I'll just start writing thumbnails of ideas and write down thoughts that I have, and then I'll try to write the story out first and then mm-hmm. start laying it out in, like, book form and doing thumbnails of how I want the illustrations to look. And then once I do that, then I'll start 
working on characters or whatever, depending on the situation of the book, if it's dinosaurs, I'll start sketching out rough things with dinosaurs and then um, kind of go with poses and things I need and then break it into specific illustrations and go from there. So does the text come first to you or does it go along with the illustrations? I mean, do you write the text when you're thinking of, okay, you know, um, I want to write, uh, you know, a dinosaur book because your, your first one, uh, looking for a dinosaur. And that's the one that reached number four on the, um, iBooks app store. Did you, did you start off by thinking about the text first or it was, did the illustrations, did the graphics come to you first? The book came first. The text came yeah. first, and then I go from there. Yeah. I kind of um, kind of live by, I think it's Pixar's theory, that the story is the most important part. And then if you have a good story, then it can go from there. Do you base your characters on your kids? I base, I only have one kid. Um, okay. But I base the ideas on him. Some of the characters are based on him or things that he might say or have said, and then it'll on an idea that, oh, that could be a good book. That could be a good book. Or um, A lot of them come from that. And I think I have a pile of probably at least 20 ideas waiting to become books. But um, if he says something or I'll see him playing with something or doing something that might uh, spark something in my head and I'll write it down really quick or type it into my phone and really quick so I don't forget it. Or sometimes my students even give me ideas. One of the books, um, I taught preschool art for a year and one of the kids in the class had some silly thing about um, glue and goo, and that became a whole book in its own. <laughs> now, do you go for, uh, is there a certain syntax that you're, um, because, you know, for instance, Dr. Seuss, you know, had that, you know, rhyming and those tw- tongue twisters. Do you ever think about perhaps syntax when you're, how the text is um, going to perhaps rhyme in some areas or or is that later on you're thinking about maybe doing, you know, something like that? But is it is it more just like getting down the story and getting people really engaged, you know, with the characters? Because the, the new one that you've come out, the Dinosaur Zombie Squad, which was just really wonderful. It almost it almost had me thinking about, um, and I'm going to really show my age here. Lisa and Vicky and I are always saying we're always going to show, but Encyclopedia Brown. I you mean, sure I kind of thought about you my age. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I thought about that. I said, oh, this kind of reminds me of. Um, Encyclopedia Brown, you know, is that excitement that kids have and trying to figure things out. Um, I thought it was very engaging. Thank you. Although that one I tried, now that my son's older and like the first series of books were always geared towards preschool, kindergarten age, and I'm kind of growing the books with him, although I still have some younger books I want to get uh, finished. But that one I consciously tried to, I guess, write that in a way way that that age eight-year-old nine-year-old could relate to and understand it easily and kind of more their language um Mm -hmm. and then the younger ones like looking for a dinosaur this kind of just flowed with um i kind of purposely wrote those in rhyme as i went i think it just was easier for younger kids i think to listen to and enjoy more if it's rhyming I agree with you, especially where you said you were a preschool um, art teacher, because um, kids love that. I know that I have 
two boys that are totally grown, but when they were younger, um, for instance, they love like Mercer Mayer books and they love Seuss because of that rhyming, because they could, the way I think they learn language, you know, with those rhymes is that they knew when the rhymes were coming up and they would get very excited about, you know, turning the page because, and then they ended up memorizing all, all of the rhyming words. So it was really interesting. Now I have, um, a question for you because you do pretty much digital design. So your first book, did you do that in Adobe Illustrator or looking for a dinosaur or did you use an app for that? An app for that? That was um, Painter, Corel Painter. Okay, that was Corel Painter. And do you use any of the art apps for your books? You know, for instance, for the iPad, do you do you design on the iPad? I mean, for, for drawing or for laying out the book? Both. Um, now, um, as of last summer, I've been solely using Procreate on the iPad to do all the illustrations. That's a really and, amazing app. Yeah, I love it. And, and with the Apple Pencil, it's, it's so much easier and I can take it wherever I go. And that kind of, I was doing, working on the um, Dinosaur Zombie Squad this summer and just doing a couple of illustrations with my finger on my old iPad, the Air 2, and it just, I was like, all right, I got to try the pencil because I can't do exactly what I want to do, even if I use a, one of the Bluetooth styluses. And then once I got that, anyway, it just works perfectly in Procreate. It does exactly what I want, as if I was working on the Mac doing it. I mean, the iPad Pro and the Apple Pencil is just absolutely amazing. And Vicky and Elisa had said they're actually going to do some improvements, I guess, on the Apple Pencil. I hadn't heard. I can't even believe that because it's probably because I'm so happy with the pairing of those two devices. But I interviewed um, France Bellevue Stone a while ago, and she's an artist, and she is an art teacher like you. She teaches high school art, and she just constantly draws on her iPad with Procreate, especially, you know, she brings her iPad with her to school. And if she has a few minutes, if the kids are taking a test, she's drawing. Do you find yourself the same way you use it like a digital sketchbook, Donnie, with Procreate? If I, if I had it with me everywhere I would, I don't take the iPad to school with me just in case I'm afraid I'll lose, leave it there or break it or and I don't have too much free time to even um, pick it up and do anything. But I do, if like I'll, my son does guitar lessons, I'll just take the iPad and the pencil with me and I'll start drawing there. Um, that's where I've done a lot of, I do like um, the iOS sticker apps and I'll just knock them out while he's doing that for an hour and I'll just draw there for an hour and knock things out really quick. It just made, it's so easy and convenient. I've, now, do you have the i the smaller iPad Pro or do you have the larger one? The smaller one. And do you like it? I mean, yeah, I love, I've never tried the bigger one. So, I'm probably better not better off not trying the bigger one. Um, well, Kurt Blanch Kurt Kurt Blanchard, who is a fellow my Macer, right. he he originally had the larger one, and he sold it and ended up getting the size that we had, the nine point seven inches. I love it because it is exactly the size that all the other you know bigger iPads were, and it's when you get used to that screen size, sometimes I think it's a little difficult to graduate up to larger real estate, you know, for a screen. But so I'd like to ask you about, take me through your process. So you've, you, you're deciding to, to write a dinosaur book right now. And so you've got the text, you have the chapters kind of figured out where you want it. 
So you're doing the illustrations and you're doing them on Procreate. What happens after this? What So you go and refine it, I'm sure. So right. I'd like to hear your process. So after I have um, the illustrations done in Procreate, I export them to the Photos app on the iPad. And um, years ago, I reviewed this app called Book Creator. It's by, I think it's mm-hmm. Red Jumper, I want to say. Um, or Red Jumper Studios. I can look it up real quick. But um, it's an iPad app, and it's fantastic, at least for my needs, for laying out a book. And I can import all the images straight into there. I can resize them, position them. Um, I, then I just type the text right in there. The text tool is not like using a word processor as far as you you don't like um you don't start typing and it runs through all the pages from page to page to page. You have to make a text box, put it where you want it to, and do that page for page. But for a children's book, it works out perfectly for me because I can lay out the text where I wanted to, lay out the picture where I wanted to. And um, the app will export into um, the iBook format ready to go. So I um, export it from Book Creator and I usually send it to Dropbox and then go on the computer where you have to use um, iTunes producer to upload it to Apple. And um, Oh, so you, so you use iTunes producer and not author, huh? I, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, author is for, um, is for making a book on the computer. Uh-huh. The, um, like, you have to do the, I think it's just like a page layout program. Right, right. So you have to do it all in there. I just do it all in this book creator app which is Red Jumper Limited, it's by. Yeah, we'll have the, we'll put that in the show notes. Have, have you ever used um, Creative Book Builder? Because when I made a journal, when I used to be president of uh, an art group in Tucson, we really wanted to make our journal into like a digital format. And that's, okay. that's this is many years ago, I should say, because this was when this was all new. You know, the iPad had just come out and... Um, I used to create a book builder, and that one is, uh, the app developer is Tiger Ng, and he really does a great job with that as well. Um, and I think it's very similar to create a book builder, where you can add photos, and you can add uh, audio, and widgets, and stuff like that. You yeah. can even import Google Documents. So I did, have you ever I've used never heard of it. What's it called again? Creative book builder? It's, it's creative book builder. It's a pretty powerful. Um, it's a. It, it's another pretty powerful uh, book app, and um, I think that one does HTML5 and uh, um, EPUB as well. Because at okay. the time, I was having a really hard time, Donnie, because you know I was trying to do it on InDesign. And that has a huge learning curve. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And I, at that time, I was still, I was kind of segue into doing everything on the iPad. And then I, these book apps had just come out. And I have, um, I have Book Creator, too. And both of those are really, really, I think, awesome apps. They really are. If anybody wants to do any books on the iPad, I, I think both of those would be the only apps you really need, yeah. unless our listeners have another one. Book Creator, for me, has been fantastic. And um, until that came along, I couldn't make a book. I tried pages, I tried Word, and it would never export the book and keep it all together. Like, the the text would wind up on top of the pictures, or the pictures would wind up going page to page and split between pages, and Book Creator was just awesome when it came out. It did everything I needed it to and kept everything together, and 
was ready to go. Yeah, because when I'm looking at the um, the Dinosaur Zombie Squad, your newest book, it's it's you know it's really wonderful because when you're reading it on the iPad, um, you know if you put it into landscape mode, it's just like you're reading a book and you do that. It, even though it shows the crease, you know the uh, gutter in the middle, right. your your um, your full page spreads just read really well. And the graphics, it does, I mean, it's very clear and no pixelation at all. It's just really sharp. It looks really nice. I think that's part of Procreate too. Yeah. I know. I think what's important with apps, I think with graphic and book making apps, as long as they are constantly updating it. Right. You know, I think that's so important because, you know, you find an app you love and then it becomes abandonware, you know, and then when Apple upgrades to, you know, their new iOS and then, you run into problems with it not, um, you know, performing the way that you need it to perform. I I wanted to, so after you upload it to um, the bookstore. Right. So you just sit and, do you just sit and wait? Or do you, you let, wait. do you let Apple know? Do you, you know, you get every, I know that you've been really great about letting us know on my Mac that, hey, I have a new book, you know, in the, in the bookstore. How do you get word of mouth out there? I mean, I'm sure you tell your students. Um, um, actually, I'm not. Allowed, I'm not allowed to tell my students. You're not. I can't, I can't promote my my own product yeah. to my students. Um, but um, I tell people that I can tell, and I go on Twitter and promote it there. Um, I don't do Facebook, even though I probably should. I don't. I won't do Facebook, but um, and then I just hope. And, you know, maybe Apple will put it on the homepage, which is what happened with um, um, looking for a dinosaur. And I got lucky there and got on the homepage and then of the children's book section, and it took off from there. But you know, I don't know how they, you know, that's the luck pretty much. So it is luck. So it's not like Instagram where you can put some tags on your book. So you can say, you know, children's book, uh, dinosaur, you know, middle-aged. You can put keywords um, in before you upload it, you can put keywords attached to it, but it's mm -hmm. still, I, I don't know how Apple chooses to put what, where, um, it's, but to me, I think it's a lot. I don't know if, you know, I'm sure the big author names get first dibs or something, however they do it, because it seems to be a lot of the front page people, but I've never figured out the magic formula. Now, do you one. find out, I mean, do you find that, oh, so looking for a dinosaur, they selected that. Right. And you noticed a big increase and it became number four um, in the app store. So with your newer books, do you still, um, do you, is there some type of bot that's saying, oh, this author, yeah, he, he scored pretty high in the app store. We're going to, um, you know. Uh, promote him again. Do you find that or no? It's really no, it's, luck of the it's draw. Luck, as far as I know, it's luck of the draw. Okay. That's kind of stinks, actually. <laughs> yeah. But so maybe then you one get a month. check from Apple. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Maybe one month they'll do, you know, they'll feature dinosaur books. And if I'm lucky, it'll show up and show up there or not show up there. Or they'll feature, you know, pirate books. And my pirate book with dinosaurs will show up there. Who knows? But, um, if there was a formula or a secret, secret way to do it, I wish I'd, I'd love to know it. Well, you know, I think, right, I remember when the App Store was new, Donnie, and they used to have this, Apple used to have um, a feature 
that this was with my old 3GS. I'd go to the app store and I had it with all the new apps, every app. And granted, I know that there were a lot of scam apps, you know, a lot of um, apps that, you know, were coming in from, uh, you know, Asian countries that, you know, were, were costing like two ninety nine. They didn't perform. I mean, they were low res. They, these were photo apps at the time. They were really bad. And other uh, iPhoneography blog sites were calling them out saying they were real scam apps. And of course, people didn't know the difference. But it was nice. At least you would see new apps every day. Say, oh, that looks like a really cool app. Now there's really nothing like that, you know, unless you go to um, the categories. And even still, they don't, it's just what's popular. And so they'll have the most popular free, the most popular paid. But um, I think it must be so hard now to have a app that's like a Rovio Angry Birds or flappy bird or anything that makes an, an extraordinary amount of money because there, it, the app store, there's so many apps. How do you choose and how do you find the new apps anymore? Because many of those blogs have since, you know, you know, gone, gone under. They just, they're, they just don't keep up anymore. Right. Um, the app whisperer used to be the place I would go to, to look for new photo apps and they, they don't do that anymore, which is, is really too bad. So, do you get like a, just a check from Apple? So what happens is that, you know, every month you, do you have like an Apple account and they just put money in your account a, from? You can set it up. I think it, you can just put it into your bank account from Apple. When I think it's every month, if there's money there, they'll pay you. But you can check sales through um the through um their site. They have a site for um called iTunes Connect and you can go in and see if anything's selling and how things are going. Oh, that's cool. Now, you've also did stickers. You are way ahead of the game on stickers because I had just downloaded Super Mario Brothers stickers. I didn't, you know, with the new iOS update on the phone, um, when they had all these stickers come out, I'm thinking, wow, that's kind of cool. And then next thing I know, you posted to my Mac, I just designed some stickers. I said, I'm going to have to go buy those. So how, what made you think about doing the stickers and how did you, is that coding? Did you have to code those or how did you design those? Um, again, I used Procreate to draw them all. But once I, when the stickers came out, I thought, how do you do this? You know, um, how are people getting these stickers done? And I looked, found an article somewhere and I saw how easy it was. There's no coding involved. You have to use Xcode as if you're doing a, um, like a regular iOS app, but you basically say, I want to do stickers and it pops up the window or whatever you want to call it for making stickers. And you have your stickers. They have to be like certain sizes, which um, you can find on the internet anywhere, but you can um, make them the right size and you just basically drag and drop it into Xcode. And then you drag and drop your icons in and then um, it's done. And you have wow. to go through the, um, the developer site and upload it in certain ways and type in all this stuff. But making the app itself, there's no coding at all. Once I found that out, I was like, well, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. So are you, do you, what, do you have any more sticker uh, packs planned? Yeah. Um, I have a bunch planned. I think um, I try to do a lot of the holidays, but then I just, if I get an idea, I just run with it. Um, I just did a soccer pack because I, I used to play soccer and coach soccer when I was little and I was, doodling and um i just started coming up with all these different soccer designs i was like i'll do that and then um if i just get an idea and if i can come up with enough of them 
um, I just sketch them out and do it. So what is a good amount to have? Like 10 and then what, like 99 cents you do? Yeah, I do 99 cents. Um, I try to do at least 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what, you know, it's hard to tell what people are willing to pay for. But I know personally I would want probably at least 10 if I'm going to pay for something. Yeah, I agree. And for listeners that don't know what the stickers are, is that the new iOS 10 um, update, when you go to send a text to someone, when you buy stickers, if you want to add stickers to your text message, uh, you know, you can, that's how you do it. Right. And um, so what about dinosaur stickers? I, it's it's on my list. Dino- no, I haven't oh, done that okay. yet. It's on my list. Because I thought that would be kind of cool if you have kids that, you know, are reading your books to actually be able to go and have yeah, stickers. My son to, wanted to me to do a um, dinosaur zombie slide set of stickers, yeah. but I don't have enough enough there yet. I still have to get more characters in from the the next book in a, as it continues. Once I have enough, maybe I'll do one. Well, you know, when I was looking at your full page spread and I was, you know, reading the book, it I think you already have enough because you have the DZ2, you have right. the, the kids, you have the DZ1, and then I'm, when I was talking about that full page spread, you have, you know, you have the bones, you have the poop. I mean, I kids yeah, I didn't know if I would do those, stuff. but I guess I could. <laughs> yeah, they kind of like stuff like that, the slime. I, I know that um, when I was a den mother, uh, one year I I uh, made a, um, a spider cake, and I... I infused it with green jello. So when they cut the spider cake at the okay. Halloween party, the guts would come out. Yeah. That was the most popular thing, Donnie. And it's the bo- it's got to be a boy thing because they just love that, you know. No, I have a class. Um, <laughs> and all the girls were begging me to make to, to make slime in art one yeah. day. Yeah. Isn't that funny how kids now, because, you know, girls – the, uh, a couple of the uh, girls were there, you know, their, their, their brothers were Cub Scouts and they were like so grossed out. Okay. I thought, be, well, I, I was a tomboy, so I, that stuff never grossed me. You'd be out. surprised. I used to teach at a, an all girls school and we were doing um, claymation and it was a class of maybe 12, I think eighth graders. And I was trying to you know, brainstorming ideas for what we could make a film about. And I had to tone down all the violent ideas that I was getting, and I was, <laughs> I was surprised. It was, it was a little bit surprised. I wasn't ready for those, but we turned out, toned it down, and made it like one was a hamster circus and one was a sumo wrestling penguin movie. Now, do you? Can you teach this to kids in the art class too? Do you have projects? Um, to have them do something like this, like design a book and, you know, as a class and put it up to, to, to I, uh, books or. If I, if I had iPads, um, I would love to, but I just don't have access to, um, to doing it on iPads. We have Microsoft windows computers in my school mm-hmm. and, um, I don't, I wouldn't know where, where to begin as far as, you know, I could find a drawing program and stuff like that, but, Nothing like book creator or those kind of apps to actually make it easy to to make a book and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's hard because when you are used to Apple and Apple products, you know exactly you know where you need to go, how you need to go about doing things. Honestly, I would I feel the same way if it's Microsoft or Android or any of those um, other 
brands, I, I wouldn't even know how to uh, give anybody any input on that. So do you, what do you think in the classroom though? I mean, do you see that kids really want to do digital art? Uh, are they, are um, they open to that? Kids, I taught digital art for six years at that girl's school and um, mm-hmm. it was very popular the classes. Um, but in the beginning, the level one classes always filled up really mm-hmm. quick and they loved it. And we did mostly Photoshop and then um, a little bit of illustrator and then eventually the upper level classes did digital photography and they were, those classes were extremely popular. And, um, you know, computers are one of the best motivational tools I think you can use. Kids love it. Adults love it. At least I love it. Do I get the one? But, um, I think I agree. Um, to me, there's always pen and pencil though, pencil and paper. There's no true replacement for it, but the iPad pencil is coming pretty close. I agree because there's so little lag. It's really like uh, drawing with a with a lead pencil. Yeah. You know, I've I've mentioned that on our podcast several times. I think the other thing, um, as far as digital art, is because it's like photography. I know that the camera uh, industry has really suffered when the smartphones have come out with better and better cameras. And I'm just talking across the board, you know, right. uh, I guess Google pixel has a great camera. Apple's done some really great stuff and Android. So it's interesting because everyone has a camera now. Everyone has a camera. Um, the same thing, I think if Apple, and I don't know if Apple will, but if they ever made a pencil compatible with an iPhone, I can definitely see kids. Uh, uh, the, the only downside is the Apple pencil is an expensive device. Right. $100 for a stylus is not, I mean, that is a little cost prohibitive. Um, and they would get, I think I, they would get it lost a lot. Yeah. But if they came out with something smaller, or thinner that you could use on the phone. I could see kids sitting there drawing on yeah. on their phone too. I really could because I, the creativity that I've seen with some of the digital art that kids are doing just blows me away. I mean, they they take it to another realm and they're not they're fearless using you know when they're on the uh, when they're on their uh, device whatever it is the phone or the iPad. They're combining all sorts of different apps and different things and their text. And I, I love to see that. I think, I think this whole, the way that the digital world is now really segueing um, into kids believing that they can draw. And it's, you know, um, it's not the fact that everybody's an artist. Like, you know, there was a big thing that when you had a Kodak Polaroid, everyone was a photographer or a brownie. Uh, but it is. I love to see this renaissance of creativity that's happening right now with all the digital uh, devices that are out there. It's like, I think I'm guessing we're around the same age because of the encyclopedia Brown um, <laughs> comment. But, um, so when we were little, we always used, you know, the real thing, pen, pencil, paper, paint yeah. and all that stuff. But now kids are accustomed. They're growing up with digital art and it's just, it's, they just, it's what they're used to. They don't have to learn how to make a change from one to the other. It's just there. So exactly. It's like, they're just, it's just more natural for them, I guess. And I think teachers are much more encouraging. I really do. I mean, I remember when I was in school, 
um, people that could draw were really held in high esteem. It's like, oh, they can draw, you know, and there was this intimidation. But now I think with all of the apps that have come out, kids are willing and, and adults as well are willing to take a chance because they can always erase it. You know, right. they, they can take a chance and they can erase it or they can delete it. Not a big deal. Right. With a camera, you're not wasting film left and right. Exactly. There's so little cost involved outside of, you know, buying the device and the app. But I, I really um, am curious what's going to happen in the future with perhaps hybrid art, because you'll have, you know, kids that, or people that will be doing, um, I would say, analog art, you know, with their, like you were saying, your pencil and your paper. But how do you bring digital into that, too? So I know there's been some hybrid printmaking uh, things that have really been interesting me, that people are actually printing out their digital art from their iPad and then um, adding stuff to it, you know, whether it's pen work or ink work or paint. And I think, wow, that's a really creative, um, you know, avenue to go down to combine both of your loves, whether you love, you know, analog or digital. We used to do that. That was actually a project in the uh, digital photography class I taught. And we would print pictures and then add stuff stuff to it by hand or manipulate it by hand or make it 3D by hand. Now, what grade are are you teaching now, Don? Now I'm teaching elementary, which is K through 5. But I've taught the works. Like I said, preschool, I've taught high school, middle school, taught them all, yeah. except for college. Yeah, you've been, you've been teaching a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure you've seen, you know, gosh, myriad changes in education, just being in it for so long. Uh, yeah, it's in art, I think the biggest change is just going digital. You know, um, you still draw the same, do a lot of the same, it's just the tools change or the tools become, um, there's more variety of tools if you have access to it. Now, what do you have planned for sequels? Are you going to do a sequel of the uh, Dinosaur Zombie Squad? That book I have, I think, five books total planned. I just have to get myself in year. It's, uh, the second one's already written and laid out. I just have to start drawing it and putting it together. But um, that's kind of like a, I think I made it a five-part series and the whole thing kind of done, kind of rough done, but not completely written out. But um, that, I don't know how it just came out and I just broke it up into pieces. Um, I'll probably put them all together into one giant, you know, five-book set at some point if I ever do get it done. But um, a couple, like I said, a couple... Um, of younger books I'm working on too that eventually I'll get done. Just time. Wish I could create time. Isn't that something? I totally agree with you. Because as I would I thought I would have all this time when my kids, you know, grew up and left. I I think I have less time now than <laughs> I did before and I was bringing them to scouts and games and I thought what the end, you know, working in a hospital and thinking what happened to all my time? But the days just fly by. Unfortunately, the older you get, I think, ah, oh, here's another day that's gone. So you, how do you determine, Donnie, that, um, a, you know, you said you're going to do this a five-part series. So 
what makes you stop at a certain chapter? Do you have like a certain book length you want or a certain book length that the app will handle or you can go as long as you want on Book Creator? As far as I know, I can go as long as I want on Book Creator. Um, mm -hmm. This last, The Dinosaur Zombie Project was the largest book I've ever made, but I've never hit any limitations in it. Um, I have seen it slow down a little bit, but in the iPad Pro, it, that seems to fix a lot of the, the sluggishness um, as yeah. you get more pages and more images into it. Um, but when I make a book, I just kind of, I don't know, it just, I go for a certain length or roughly a certain length, but then also just where it seems right to stop it, like a continuation point. If it hits right. just like a, I guess like a, um, I don't know if cliffhanger is the right word, but I guess that's the right <laughs> idea. So you want to stop it and then do you, now when you do the second uh, part of the Dinosaur Zombie Squad, do you have to jump back a little bit just to, because I've always wondered that with books, children's books, when you kind of do a sequel, do you have to kind of take one or two pages and just kind of um, refresh everybody's memory? I'm, I'm going a little bit, kind of just reintroduce the characters and say, you know, just on a page or two and then just go from there. I don't want to personally don't want to waste too much time with that. And if they're buying a sequel and they know it's part two, you would hope they read part you one. You would anyway. hope. You, you would think. <laughs> I don't put anything past anybody anymore. So the other thing I wanted to ask you um, is, are you ever thinking about maybe, because I think you can do this on Book Creator, can you make it interactive? Have you ever thought about maybe, so if you... I, it, if you press on, say, a dinosaur, something comes up or it does something, is or is that a totally different program? You can't do that on. I know you can um, put videos into Book Creator because I did a how to draw book and I just imported, I made a how to draw, you know, how to draw a mouse and drew it on the iPad and exported it video and it imports into Book Creator. Um, I don't know if you can do like, you know, touch the dinosaur and it roars type of thing, but yeah. that'd be really cool if I could. That would be really cool. And I was just wondering, because, you know, again, Red Jumper, um, they have a free version for Book Creator, I should tell our listeners. But the app is very reasonable. It's a $5 app. Yeah, it's worth you know, it's every penny. Up, oh, it's, it just got updated a few days right. ago, too. They're always updating it. But that would be so incredible if they actually had a function that, you know, if you touch something, you could, you know, make it. Add a, well, I suppose you could add an audio and make it roar, you know, Probably. You know like a Jura Jurassic Park right. or something. <laughs> I'll have to look so. in to see if you can do that. I don't know if you can do that or not. I, I know, know they add, they I, recently I, added the comic book templates, which I used in the last book, which I thought was really cool. I saw that. I was going to ask you how you did that because the font and everything was like perfect. I thought, did he do that? And how did he do that? I thought maybe you had brought that into another app. So that was Book Creator. Yeah, that was a feature, I think that came out last summer maybe and it has um comic book templates and the, the panels are adjustable so you can stretch them and squash them and make them the way you want instead of just using it um the way they have it set up and it works really great so have you um have you thought about doing like a comic or graphic novel for older kids i don't know i don't know if that's my um my speed i once tried Years ago in college, I remember doing trying to do a illustration, like a horror style illustration, and it just came out um, 
like looking like a muppet. So <laughs> I don't think I don't think horror is my uh, forte. I, I'm more the uh, I think friendlier side. Yeah, horror is kind of I would think it'd be hard. You have to have. Um, I shouldn't say a demented imagination because people say what, but yeah, you have to, I think, visualize some very dark things to be able to do horror. I, I lived in Maine for a long, long time and Stephen Stephen King, King, the horror writer, my favorite author. I, it's so funny because, um, in Orno, his, his house, he lives near Bangor, you know, it has this really cool gate and all tourists love to go see it because it has bats and everything. And he's, he's quite the philanthropist too, um, with the university of Maine system, I should say, but where does he come up with his ideas? And I remember when, again, years ago, when Salem's lot came out, even though it was a fictional, uh, town, I was petrified okay. reading that book, living in Maine, because I'm thinking, because I lived in a small town at the time in Maine. I thought, oh, I'm, so, you know, what if this was based on my town? I mean, he made it so realistic, and the way he uses landmarks, uh, Maine landmarks, it does. It kind of creeps you out in many ways. But no, he's done very well for himself. But again, um, you know, his imagination. I don't know where he comes up with these ideas. It's yeah, that's the it's whole. Funny interweaving i was a big dark, dark tower fan and how all the books so was my son connected into each other and all that stuff that was i love used to love that yeah no it's, it's good well donnie i i'm um thrilled to be able to talk to you about this because i have to say you are the first person um that i know that has written and illustrated books on apps, which makes me very excited because Vicky can't believe that I do absolutely everything on my iPad, which I do. Um, and you know, you've put them on the app store, you've gotten some great promotion out of it. And I think it's just terrific. And in addition, you, you teach school. So you are an author and you write reviews for mymac.com as well. Right. So where do you find the time? I don't know. I don't write. I don't write as much for my Mac anymore, but um, I try to when I get the time. But um, yeah. I don't know. Squeeze time whenever I can. I try to do the fun stuff outside of just working, and you have to do something different to keep it different, so you don't get bored. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you: Do you have any um, qualms about the iPad Pro and the pencil? Is there anything that you don't like about it? And there's there are there things that you would like to see Apple improve with the next iteration of the iPad Pro and the iPad pencil, uh, the uh, Apple Pencil. The only thing I think that would make the iPad the pencil better is it's missing like the texture of right. You don't have the the um, the friction with a real pencil and paper. It just mm-hmm. glides so smoothly across the screen that sometimes it it makes it harder to draw with. Yeah, I can see where you're coming with that. Yeah. So I don't know how. That's true. Even if, it, I don't know, if they, maybe someone actually has it. Maybe there's a screen protector that makes it more tactile or something that will make it uh, less smooth. I, have to, I never thought to look into it, but I bet you there's something out there. Do you use a screen protector on your iPad Pro? I actually don't. I used yeah, to, I and I didn't like it at all. I totally agree. I and. You know, I do a lot of photo editing on my iPad, and I found that um, when you're trying to zoom in and, you know, 
either do some cloning or something. It's very, very difficult with a screen protector because it, it pixelates, you know, the, the right. screen in some ways. I don't like it. Actually, I shouldn't say this. I'll jinx myself. I don't even use one on my phone anymore <laughs> because I just I don't found it so much more responsive without it, I think. And it just feels better. I totally agree. Yeah, because when you're when it's cold outside and you're in Baltimore, you said, right. correct? Yeah, and it gets cold in Baltimore, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I found the same thing, like, you know, or if I'm doing a lot of work and I have kind of worn down my um, thumbs, you know, my ridges on my thumbs that the, the ID, um, the touch ID won't even work. To, with a screen protector, I can't even get my phone to respond. Yeah. So I totally agree with you. And I think with the screen the looks screen. better, too, without it. Even though I totally it's, agree. it's right up against it and clear, I think the screen just is more vibrant without it. Yeah, and I never, I'm, I'm not patient. I never can get those stupid bubbles out. Yeah, it drives I me crazy. Me, I know. So I just, I haven't used them for years. And you know, the the scratches are so fine on the phone that you know if somebody's going to be that anal about it, if they, you know, if I sell it or something, oh well. I have to say though, with the Apple Pencil, and the big thing for me, Kurt and I were talking about this, was that they didn't put any magnetic. Uh, connector. Uh, so, you know, for instance, you have, I have a, um, a cover for my iPad pro that's magnet. So, you know, when you open up the cover, the iPad turns on, when right. you close the cover, the iPad shuts off. So I was hoping that the Apple pencil would attach to that cover. Now, Elisa and Vicky, Elisa said that she read a report that that's what they're going to do. Yeah, I read that Second too. Apple Pencil. But I can't see now paying, you know, selling this or and, and paying another $100 right. for one with I'm, like, I'm with you. I think it, I mean, I guess they can make the pencil smoother and more realistic, but it does, it works good enough for me. I mean, to me, it's yeah. very realistic that I don't have any intention of replacing it. And I use Kurt's little whatever doohickey thing he created to, uh, me too. Stop it from rolling off me, the table. Me too. And for those um, of listeners that don't know about that, uh, Kurt uh, Blanchard, who I said is a fellow MyMacker, he um, he is an artist as well, and he had recommended a couple of things. He has two little gizmos that I use both of. One of them are is those um, triangular uh, pencil grips. And he uses, you know, those triangular ones. He said it just fits the Apple Pencil, and he's absolutely right. because, And it's actually nice because I have a writer's bump, you know, when I draw on my middle finger. And then the other gizmo was if you take an old pen clip and you put that on the those silver pen clips, you know, that you would attach your pen to like a pocket protector, um, that fits really nicely. I, I ended up going to Amazon, and I bought this pencil you put your pencil in it and it has an elastic on the back. So it just attaches with the elastic okay. over your iPad, but that little pencil clip prevents the Apple pencil from coming out of it. So I really like that extra security because I would, I would be so upset if I ever lost my pencil. I can't even tell you. I would just be the young I use a little, it's like a little, almost like a pencil case type thing. It just zips up closed and I just keep it in there wherever I go. Oh, and it's protected in my bag, and I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, but that, I keep telling Kurt he needs to to market those things. He does. 
Yes, he does. And he's not marketing them. I don't know why, but those are, those are, you know, are really great tips because I made myself a little leather case when it first came out. Cause I, again, I was really shocked. It did, it had no magnetic capability and I was really afraid, you know, for such an expensive device, I'd lose it. So, so Donnie, do you have any other uh, tips for our listeners about, you know, getting started on, uh, you know, drawing or, or, or doing a children's book um, and who do you, who, and to go along with that, um, with some tips is who do you admire in children's authors too? Um, authors always like Graham, ba- I don't know if I'm going to say this right. I think he's Australian. Graham Bass, or it might be Graham Basie. Graham. He wrote Animalia, which is, um, Oh, I didn't know that. A, I don't know this It's one. a gorgeous book and he has a whole series of books. Um, I, I collect his books when they come out. Um, his illustrations are fantastic, and I've always, um, always try to find his books when they come out. Um, oh, it looks like there's a new one too. I just looked them up on Amazon. Um, but him and you know the classics like Fendek and Dr. Seuss and all. Do those. you like Chris Van Allsburg? I don't know that name. Chris Van Allsburg wrote, um, oh, like the Polar Express. Okay. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. He, he did Jumanji. He does a lot yeah, of like, really de- detailed pencil work. Um, I've, I've really always been fascinated by his by his work. You'll have to look up Animalia. I think you'll really like oh, it. Oh, I, I already have it on my list. Yes, I definitely will. So do you ha- what about tips? Do you have any tips for somebody that's getting started? I think you have to try out, as far as if you're using the iPad, try out apps and just find the one that works for you. I mean, I have tons of drawing apps on my iPad or that I've downloaded in the past and I just don't have them on the iPad anymore and Procreate was just the one that I like the best. I think maybe because I use Painter a lot on the Mac and it's a lot mm-hmm. like Painter in my opinion. Um, on the Mac, there's a great program called Mischief, which when I draw on Mischief? the Mac, yeah, it's, um, I think it's getmischief.com. Um, okay. Let me see. But it's the one thing I did one of my books on that and made with mischief.com. Um, made with mischief. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes. It's a, the one thing that's really cool about that is it's in, it's a, um, unlimited paper size. So you can just keep drawing and drawing and drawing and there's no dimensions to it. And it just goes on and on and on. It's a canvas that never ends. And, um, but the drawing tools are fantastic and it's very simple. It's not like, overwhelming tools that you don't know what this one does, this one does, and this one does. It's just draw and just go. And you can mm-hmm. just select what you want and export it just by selecting what you want to export. And that's become my uh, my go-to drawing program on the Mac, although I've been doing all my drawing on the iPad since the summer, since I got the uh, pencil. Have you ever tried uh, Adobe's apps the the sketch app that it's it's got a really realistic watercolor engine which i really like but i don't like the creative cloud I, I, oh, yeah i, oh I don't have any adobe subscription i i once they switched to that i basically stopped using adobe software and just found replacements um like i use affinity designer instead of illustrator now and affinity photo instead of um photoshop which are both fantastic and not very expensive I think we had a discussion about one of Affinity Photo. Mm-hmm. 
in the past. The other, um, the other apps that uh, another app that I thought was really interesting when it came out is uh, Teasui Sketches. Have you? Yes, ever that's really that? good for kind of doodling, I and, think, and drawing. Yeah, yeah, and they have um, they've they keep it updated all the time. See, that's really important to me now. I become yeah, really picky because when when the App Store first came out, I think I had like a thousand apps on my iPhone. It was ridiculous. It was absolutely sickening. It was just like going to a penny candy store and just say, "Okay, right. I want to do the, you know." So, and if it was free, oh, that was even better. Now I'm really I've I've pared down and uh, purged and. Get rid of all the um, old apps. But uh, Teasui is really nice because they've done, again, a nice job with watercolor, I think. Um, you know, the watercolor engine. Because they, too, have, like, you know, all sorts of different brushes. They also have what's really interesting is, like, a um, an India ink, uh, like a dip pen, which gives you that varied line, which I thought, you know, that's something that I haven't really been able to uh, duplicate in and procreate but i will say one thing that i absolutely find fascinating in procreate is you can make your own brushes so you can take a source and you can take a grain and i mean people have done remarkable things with with the brushes but i've actually it's encouraged me to make some brushes of my own have you ever tried to do that i haven't made brushes but to me the other like feature that must be in an app is layers i have to have layers to be able to draw differently and like when i'm I'll do an outline and then color underneath the outline and either keep the outline or get rid of the outline. But um, I have to, if it doesn't have layers, I won't use it. No, I agree with you. Like paper by 53, um, you know, when that came out, that was kind of fun in the beginning. And then it became just another note taking app, but you know, yeah, you have to have layers. And what I like about like procreate, you can alpha lock everything, you know, so you can, you know, color things. That's, that's it. Procreate really is an amazing. And amazing. it's not very, I don't remember how much it is because I bought it too long ago, but it, it goes on sale a lot too. Yeah, it does. It does. Savage interactive. And they also have a, um, instruction manual and they always update that. So if they've done a major, um, update, they update the manual as well. And the other thing that they came out with is the perspective grid. That is just fabulous. <laughs> That's really, really helpful. I really like that too, you know, with drawing buildings because sometimes that's the bane of my existence is, you know, two or three point perspective. I'm like, oh, come on, that doesn't look right. So now, you know, I have no excuse. It's it's a nice thing they did that. What about vector apps, Donnie? Do you ever use any vector apps Um, when you're you're drawing? On the iPad, I have um, an app called Bez, which to me has been the best vector app on the but i don't use it too much um if i need vector i'll do it on the mac usually because i just i found it hard to do with my finger on the ipad it just hasn't gotten totally there yet so on the i just use affinity designer on the mac for that infinity so infinity pro uh excuse me photo and designer and i'll put that in the show notes with bez though is that apple pencil uh compatible have they? I don't know. I think yeah, it is. I'm looking at the description right now. Full support for Apple oh, so, Pencil. Oh, so that would be okay. That would be fun to actually try to see because that's always been a thing to me. I've used Graphic before. Um, that has a bit of a learning curve, I will say, and that's okay. But you know, it's th- sometimes the controls are just yeah, hard to find. Too, right. Yeah, it's just a little hard to find. You know, especially when you're kind of used to Illustrator, but. Uh, Bez, I'll have to check out. That kind of looks interesting. Yeah, it was 
it was to me the the easiest one to understand even though i think it's hard to do what you want with your finger yeah like tapping the end of a point you think it's gonna do one thing it doesn't do what you want it to do and Uh, okay i tend to stick more with like where i can freehand everything on the ipad i think it's a lot easier because, you know, my favorite vector app for a long time was Adobe Ideas. I love that app. And I used it a lot. I mean, it was nothing fancy, which is kind of what you see. And then they ended up um, not supporting it anymore. And instead, of course, because of their creative cloud um, subscription model, which I absolutely detest. I'm still sore about that. Uh, they came out with Adobe Draw. And that does do layers and stuff, but I think you are limited unless you get a subscription. Okay. But that one is Adobe Ideas uh, morphed or uh, morphed into uh, Adobe Draw. But I do I I do like Sketch very very much. I find I really love that app. But I don't want to pay ten dollars for a subscription. I guess I'm cheap. I don't. But... I won't pay subscription either. No, I just want to pay it's... once and be done, and then not worry about it. I, I agree with you and. You know, it seems to me, and maybe um, I'm wrong, but I, it just seems to me lately with many of the apps that are coming out in the App Store, they all have in-app purchases. So they give you a very um, watered down, a diluted app. Right. And if you want any of the big features, you have to pay more. You know, some some of them are quite expensive for the in-app purchases. You know, if you think $2.99, it unlocks this, $2.99, you add, you add that up, that's an expensive app. And you're not guarantee they're always going to support that app and secondly is the subscription models so many of like um the some of the art apps that have come out are taking a page out from adobe and they're doing subscription i really wish apple would do something about it because i agree with you give me an app that i can if you want if it's a great app and you want eight or nine bucks for it i'm glad to pay pay it as long as you keep it up um but, yeah, the whole monthly thing really is a turnoff. It really is. And there's something, I don't remember what it is. It wasn't an art app, but it was a subscription-based thing. I can't remember what it was, but it was like $8 a month to use, and it was very minimal features, and I was just like, all right, delete, gone. <laughs> I know some of the coloring book apps. I was going to review some of those, and those were mostly subscription models. I said, seriously, for a coloring right. book? You know, it, I think oh. Disney just came out with a coloring book app, and it's totally subscription-based. Yeah, see, everybody's getting on this bandwagon. So I think I think people will rebel against it. Eventually, they're going to realize that, you know, not everybody. You, you, I mean, how many subscriptions can you have? Right. You know, that's that's the other thing. And it upsets me that, you know, Photoshop, because really the only app I truly, truly use anymore is Photoshop. And Photoshop, Adobe has now um, left a lot of people in the dust like that have bought, you know, expensive Epson printers because basically they're saying they're forcing you because if, for instance, I have an Epson um, printer and I went to print out something on um, Photoshop 5.5, which I've used for years. I don't need to go up to 6 or anything because it had, well, it crashes every time you go to print. Okay. So you, it's not like you can just buy Photoshop outright anymore. Right. They really are forcing you to pay the, if you know, oh, well, it's only $10 a month. Well, if you think about that, I don't own, I don't own it. And it's a, like, you know, a hundred. Right. It adds up over a year. If you don't need to buy the new version year after year after year after year. Yeah. 
uh, and then there's photoshop elements so that if you're a professional you need professional features you can't get them in elements so no you can't you're absolutely right so you know i just um i'm thrilled that savage you know even if it's an eight dollar app i agree with donnie highly recommend that app it's just one of the best apps in the app store and snapseed i i am thankful that google did not abandon snapseed because i think snapseed they just updated it yesterday and now has curves. I'm thinking this is this is awesome. I haven't used that <laughs> I, since it came out. I'll have to look at it again. Oh, they've added so much to it that it's really powerful. But didn't they say once Google bought it, they weren't going to support it anymore? Well, people were worried about that. I was petrified because Nick's software that developed Snapseed for the iPad and the iPhone also um, had some of my very favorite plugins, you know, like Silver Effects Pro 2 and Analog Effects and Color Effects and Define and all that. And Google bought them. And then they made, after I paid all that money for those plugins, they made them free. So those plugins are free now. I know. But Snapseed, which was very reasonable at $1.99, I think at the time, or even $2.99, Google bought them and they made that free. And that's what what really kicked off everybody because we were really worried. I know a lot of my photographer friends were worried because they said they use it all the time. And, you know, are they going to, is that going to become abandoned where, well, I have to say out of everything they have kept up on Snapseed and they have just continued to make it more and more powerful. So it truly is like a Photoshop um, on your iPad because when I do the graphics for the little um, icon graphic for three key right. ladies, my one parameter is I have to do it on the iPhone or the iPad. <laughs> I don't use anything else. But Snapseed is like the first thing I use. And it does text now, too. And they have some oh, really cool. nice fonts. So, yeah, check it out again, Donnie. I think you I yeah, think you'll be really pleasantly again. surprised. It's the one thing. I don't think the iPad is quite there yet to get me completely off the mat. But really? It, it is me. <laughs> I have too many, like, the photos and... I do a lot of like the photo books and the photo in the photos app, which they took off the iPad. And plus with um, like the sticker apps and stuff, you have to use Xcode, which is on the Mac. So you are absolutely right on that. Your Xcode you still need. And I totally agree with you because um, photos, I wish they would allow you to do that on the iPad because I always make my husband a calendar and I usually do photo books. You're absolutely right. They used yep. to. It was in iPhoto, and then once they killed yep. iPhoto, they killed that feature on uh, the iPad. And there's really no reason for them not to have it on the iPad because it's not as if the iPad is not powerful. Right. You know, the iPad 4 is pretty powerful. The iPad Pro is powerful. I don't see any reason, you know, not to be able to do that because sometimes, like, for instance, I don't know when you're making, like, a photo book, if you want to go into – your, you know, your wife's account, it, they make it so hard to add photos from a shared account on, on photos. They really do. So, you know, I end up going into his account and liking them and favoriting them. So at least, uh, yeah, it's, it's not real intuitive, but I would love, um, for them to be able to do that on the iPad because shared photos would be right there in the album that for some reason I can't do it on the Mac. It was, it's, we just just use my account and I just, Pull everything over from her phone if I have to, but I'm like the photographer, so if it's a real camera, it's always my camera. Yeah. 
Well, it's been wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much for discussing your process and how you go about doing everything and the apps you use. This has been really wonderful. Thank you for having me. Very, very informative, Donnie. I appreciate it. Thank you. It was fun. And so um, I'll say goodbye to you. And then our listeners will have everything that Donnie mentioned in the show notes. So if you want to explore some of the things that he uses, um, you can do that. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Amazon, Google, Apple, Android, iOS, Alexa, Siri, technology, sci-fi, video games, tablets, computers, flash drives, toys, weather, and general silliness. Geekiest show ever, every week on the MyMac Podcasting Network.